0: Apart from the fact that you blocked me from banging a fairy, and I'm about to go lose my crown in battle, thanks to my army being decimated. Yeah, totally good. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. In this episode, we'll be talking to Ashley Zeb and covering the basics of live action role-playing, or LARPs. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game on Girl. week Ashley Zeb joins us on the show to discuss the basics of live action role play or LARPing and talk to us about some LARPs that are near and dear to her heart. Ashley has worked in the game industry for about five years but has been a gamer for much longer than that. Uh, We're so glad you're able to join us on the show today Ashley. Thank you for having me. So you want to start with telling us a little bit about your gaming history?
1: Sure Um, I started gaming probably about 16 years ago With And LARP was actually the first thing that I'd ever done. Uh, I'd never heard of gaming. I guess I was probably vaguely aware of, you know, video games. uh, But any sort of RPG outside of a console was totally foreign to me. Um, Ended up with a, a group of friends who all played. And after a few times of hanging out at Denny's and trying to figure out what in the world they were talking about, they brought me to an event. And it just kind of went from there. The first game I ever played was uh, World of Darkness uh, Vampire. And then I played that for probably about 10 or 11 years. uh, Shortly after I started playing uh, Vampire, I got introduced to to Dungeons and Dragons. We played cyberpunk for a long time. and a variety of other tabletops uh i played everquest back when that was the the mmo to to be on and <laughs> yeah um and uh i actually just started playing wow for the first time and travel is so much better now Um, Uh, yes
0: (laughs) yes compared to everquest i didn't play the original everquest but i've heard stories of waiting i don't know 40 minutes and up for oh we would just i would just i would just hit
1: travel and then go play another game (laughs) wow Um, it's really really nice it was quite a surprise um and then i played i went from vampire to i played kind of the the range of world of darkness games uh... Hunter Werewolf for a while. I ran a one-shot Werewolf a couple times, uh, and then I played played in Changeling, and eventually started running Changeling with my uh, now uh, business partner for three years before we started running Dystopia Rising, which is the game and the, the gaming network that uh, we run now. And so that takes up most of my time. I don't get I don't get much chance to play any other LARPs right now, but Dystopia certainly takes up all of uh, all of my gaming energy. <laughs>
0: From what I know of other Larpers, I think that tends to generally be the case. They Eventually,
1: just kind of pick one.
0: Yeah, pick one and commit to it because it takes so much time and energy to sort of get into. Yeah. Well.
1: And running it, running mm-hmm. it takes so much time. It is, it's what uh, my business partner is, Michael, and uh, Mike. That is what Michael and I do for a living. Mm. Um, that is uh, both of our full-time jobs. Is is running dystopia Rising. so you know it takes all the all of the time and, and energy that you would expect for running a a, a business. Um, we now have I just signed the ninth branch um, up in Canada, so
2: wow, have,
1: awesome! Yeah, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> That's we just pretty signed. cool. Yeah, we have uh, we had a group of probably I'd say eight to ten Canadians who would come down every month to play in the New Jersey game, um, and two of them just finally decided to, to go for it and submitted their application and we're super excited for it. So cool. it'll be really neat.
2: So is the the, the whole full time staff comprised of you and Michael?
1: Well Michael and I are the the two people that ran, run the whole network. We we don't tell all the stories or you know each branch has its own right. company. Um, but we oversee, we work, you know, we do the coordination between the branches, and just make sure that everybody is telling, uh, telling stories in the same world, you know, right. that, that we're looking for. And we're really big um, on community, more so, I think, than any other gaming network I've ever played in. Um, the community almost comes before the LARP. The idea of never, never losing sight of the fact that we're all nerds and gamers who have come together to do this thing that we all enjoy together. Just more important, really, than, than anything else. And so we really work with a lot of people. Dystopia Rising has uh, rebuilt a lot of bridges between different groups of gamers in the same area who, you know, over the years grew apart for a variety of reasons. Um, but Dystopia Rising has been kind of a, a fresh start for them. Um, we just opened uh, a branch in Indiana that I know is really uh, doing a lot of work with that, bringing different groups back together. Um, we just had our, our first marriage uh, <laughs> four or five months ago that, that originated on awesome. uh, dystopia. and it was a, uh, a girl who lives in Canada, and the guy who well, he moved from Jersey, he now lives in Canada. Oh That's, that's neat. Just, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's just this huge, it's this huge entity that just kind of circles around zombies. <laughs> What are, what are the other locations that you have for Distobly Rising? Uh, we started in, the, the mothership is in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, which was originally in Connecticut and we moved down to Jersey after year one. Um, the next branch was Texas, which is about 45 minutes outside of Austin. We have one in Massachusetts, which is just north of uh, Springfield in that area. I have one in Pennsylvania, one in Florida, Southern California, and Seattle just opened um, and then we'll have Indiana and Toronto in the next six months or so. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah,
0: seriously, that's that's quite a collection of not local groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're covering, like, every region of the country with this, so.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of word of mouth, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, somebody talks, I know that the... Uh, the people who opened, who run Texas, um, are from New Jersey originally, so that's how they found out about it. And then I think they were friends with uh, Florida, Seattle, and Southern California. So that's wow. how they, wow. yeah, word of mouth and friends, being, bringing friends to events or talking to people about it. It's been pretty Now, awesome. how long
2: have you been running Dystopia again, that particular are, game?
1: We are wrapping up year four in March. Okay. Will, wow. will be our anniversary.
2: Now, wh- wh- do you guys write the stories? Where do the stories come from?
1: Uh, they come from the storytelling staff. So the way that a dystopia is set up is there's kind of two branches of the people who run it. Um, there's the storytelling side, then there's the coordination side. I handle the coordination side, which is just all the logistics Uh, that go with an event. And then Michael handles the storytelling side. So they have every month, if we talk about just New Jersey specifically, um, since that's the one I've spent the most time with um, every month, there's a staff of full-time storytellers who um, they play for free um, and in exchange. They do a storytelling shift, which is generally six to 10 hours during the weekend. Um, They submit their stories beforehand. It goes through approval and then throughout the weekend uh, STs run their shifts and they run their stories we have stories that are run for an hour stories that are run over you know a couple pieces over a day over a weekend Uh, Over a couple months, over a year, uh, Michael has a few stories that he's been telling since we started the game four years ago. Wow! Um, So it all comes. That's a lot of
0: continuity to keep track of.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's I I often compare it to X Files. uh, Yeah, probably because it's my favorite show. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, in that you know there's there's overarching stories that have been going on forever that you can get Mm -hmm. involved in or not get involved in as you you know so uh, so feel like it. Um, Yeah. And you could go to one game and get involved in whatever's going on that weekend and have an awesome time. And then you could go away for six months um, and come back. And some pieces are still similar. You know, maybe there's still this enemy is still out there or, you know, this person still has this going on. But a lot of the story is going to be new. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of come and go as you please. Um both Michael and I have been gaming for, I think, total, it comes to something like 30 years. And one of the things we disliked the most about other games that we had played in was that if you weren't in it all the time, both at game and in the downtime, you kind of lost That's the red. part of it. Yeah. Because there was just so much. And so what we really started to do is that you go to game and game starts, you know, about 9 p.m. on Friday and it ends at Sunday on noon. And then you go home, and that's it. And game will restart the next Friday, you know, the next event on Friday at nine o'clock. So you can do absolutely nothing in the downtime and still be as involved as you want, and still have a great time at the game.
0: Well, that's gonna make getting involved easier too. Like getting new people involved in it.
1: Yeah, we we try at least. Uh, yeah, we really try to make it accessible to new to, to people who haven't played before. You know, we seem to have a pretty good. Uh, we we email every time a new player comes, um, assuming we've gotten their email, which we try to do. We'll generally send them an email after their first game and just, hey, how was your event? What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, you know, tell us about your weekend, really, because right. they, have, they have fresh eyes, and they're seeing it from a, a place that we just can't see it from, yeah. and people seem to have a, you know, seem to have a good time. I've had, I mean, we're coming up on the end of year four, and I've had just over 2,000 people play, so.
0: Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's a a very dynamic community, a large community. Yeah, it's they're everywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tell... Until- I've never been to a LARPing event, and I've never um, known any Larpers in my uh, gaming community. Tell me about your very, very first experiences when you met up with uh, Larpers for the first time and went to an event. What was what was your perspective, and what what attracted you to it?
1: <laughs> All right, you have to promise not to laugh, though. maybe you know you can you can you can laugh it's all right so the first time I ever uh, as I mentioned I I started hanging out with a a group of people who became friends um and they just for days would talk about this thing that they did and you know I had no I had no reference no understanding whatsoever what they were talking about I understood each of the words that they were saying maybe you know with English but put together in those sentences just made no sense whatsoever so I eventually was just like okay guys what what are you talking about and they're like, all right, so it's this thing called Vampire. We're going to help you make a character. You have to come. All right. I kind of live by a, I'll try pretty much anything once or twice. So sure, let why not? I'll go to your whatever thing this is. So they helped me make up a character. And I only had the, just a the vagus of understandings of what I was doing. Um, and I will preface with I was young. Um, and so I didn't understand what happened when your character died. Because you know, I had never played any sort of game whatsoever. Right. So the only thing that could make sense was either when your character dies, either they kick you out of the game or something even worse. And so I spent (laughs) the the entire of my first game just being super nice to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I did not understand what I just like. They're gonna beat me up. They're gonna. I don't know what's gonna happen. Which obviously was not the case. I ended up making some really great friends, people I'm still friends with, and I had a good time. But it was, uh, it was, it was more than a little stressful because I just kind of got thrown in and had no idea what I was doing. And I think I always kind of remember that when I consider our game for our new players. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't. We're not. We're on a like a 200 acre campground. I don't want anybody to think we're gonna dump their body somewhere or anything. Yeah. <laughs> So are trying be
0: to be taking permadeath to a whole nother level there.
1: Yeah,
2: very much so. That's a so. real, a, a real honest perspective, though, coming in like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's been a very helpful experience.
1: It was. Uh, it's people laugh when I when I recount it, but it was. I had no idea. I you know nobody explained to me. Oh, you just make a new character. Which right. now I think about it, and I laugh. Like, of course, you just make a new character. <laughs> like, what else would you do? But I just didn't. I didn't know. I you know. Yeah.
0: So. Well, that makes that makes perfect sense because I, I think because it is acted out, and you're you're thinking of it in terms of um, real life activity. Physic. It's got a physicality to it. Larping has a physicality to it that no other game really has yeah or no other way of gaming has so uh, I I that totally makes sense to me and I can I can totally see how you would go down that like you know path of logic to uh who's gonna dump me on the street in the gutter when <laughs> I'm like, dies tonight I better be nice to everybody so I don't the saying, there.
2: I, I, there's woods back there I don't want to end up in
1: them you know yes exactly <laughs> So then were you immediately hooked? Uh, I was, people were so nice the first time, and it was just interesting enough that I was like, you know what, I'll keep, I'll, I'll give this another go. Um, and I'd say I'd say I became like a legitimate fan of it and really started to enjoy it after two or three games just once I started to get kind of a better idea of what was happening Mm. Um, so I'm really glad that I went back but I don't I don't recall thinking like oh I'm never coming back to this ever again so even the first time as confusing as and somewhat scary as it was it was still it was still enjoyable
2: but it still sounds like that the important part of it to you though was the community
1: yeah I was uh I was definitely in uh, in an interesting place in my life when I started gaming and so finding this, this group of people who were all friends and all had like this thing in common and were so welcoming uh, to have me join them was, was uh, I, I mean, it, it shaped my entire life.
0: Well, I, I think that uh, Ron and I both have had similar experiences with different types of gaming with both uh, computer gaming and with, uh, you know, board gaming and, and such where we've kind of come across different games and different communities that we've played in and had that, you know, oh, this is pulling a lot of, you know, loose ends of my life together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can be a very powerful thing,
1: so. Yeah, it was, uh, it I wouldn't go so far as to say, like, that gaming saved my life, but uh, gaming definitely, uh, taking the avenue of gaming saved me from uh, other other directions that I could have gone in at that mm-hmm. point that would not have been as uh, positive, <laughs> we'll say.
0: And, and probably wouldn't have ended up with you running your own
1: uh, business, essentially. No, definitely yeah. not. I would <laughs> definitely be working for somebody else right now.
2: Well, what do you guys do at your events to promote community? You said everybody, that, that that's really an important aspect of the story.
1: Um, we do we do charity events throughout the year. We do fundraisers. We're actually, this is month two. Uh, every year in November and December, we do um a Toys for Tots drive, uh, <clears throat> which nice. is my favorite. Um, we do generally do with Toys for Tots at the end of the year. We do a fundraiser for a school in India that I had the chance to go out to last year. Um, usually in the beginning of the year, and then somewhere in the middle of the year, we do a third uh, the the charity that we we raise for depends on the year and sometimes i take submissions from you know some of our players uh, people who are interested in different areas we have occasionally we'll have uh, social gatherings people get together at this point it's just such a huge group of friends that people just kind of do it you know we don't i don't organize anything anymore people just birthday invites go out and parties and you know, everybody's, <laughs> um, everybody's kind of one big uh one big group but the game itself I think promotes community on its own um, because dystopia is a post-apocalyptic survival game. Um, it's very much a us versus the environment sort mm. of setting. And so we might fight internally sometimes over, you know, that, you know, that that plot of land or, or those supplies or, you know, that, that route of trade. Um, but at the end of the day, we all have to work together to survive against the zombies or the raiders or just, you know, kind of the outside, the, the environment wants us dead very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I think it even, you know, just by being there, you kind of are pulled into this, this community and it draws a different type of person, I think, than some other games do. Um, after I played Vampire for a very, very long time and I loved it. Um, I I have (laughs) I have nothing but fond memories of it. But because it's so player versus player, we found Mm. that over the years, it really kind of generated a very player versus player mentality, even in real life. Not that people weren't friends and have, you know, friendships that I'm sure will last their entire lives. But it definitely had kind of a negative energy to it. Yeah. and we just you know we um we've Michael and I have always pushed that that it's the community first we've had we're very very open about the fact that that's what our what our goal is uh, Michael has a fantastic uh, we're all nerds here speech that he does every couple <laughs> months uh, that just sums it up beautifully it's you know we're all we're all just here to we're all here to have a good time together because we all enjoy this hobby that is a lot of fun and a lot of us have taken, you know, some maybe some some slack for it over the years from from outside sources, but we're all here together doing this thing, and that's just we. That influences everything that we do. We try our best to be as transparent as possible. Um, there's not a lot of we don't share the you know the plots or the stories that are coming out beforehand, obviously, because that would kind of take away the surprise. Right, but, the fun. You know, how yeah the how we run the business, uh, our intentions with how we do different things are very upfront um there's not not a lot of backroom dealings not a lot of you know not a lot of secrecy um, we're always interested in taking feedback from the players because if the players aren't having a good time then why or what's you know the what's point? the point yeah, yeah. Um, and so we're always we have there's a we have forums each game has a, a forum and one of those forums is like player submissions uh player ideas you know we're always interested in how can we do something better did you find that you know this isn't working quite right let us know about it and we can address it or you know sometimes it's no that that works like that because we do it like this for a certain reason but mm-hmm. you know i've gotten a lot of a lot of really great suggestions from people who are just players who just see something and bring it up and like, I things I would never see or think of. So
0: Interesting. So do you think that that idea that uh, Dystopia Rising is more player versus environment PVE, is that one of the things that sort of distinguishes it from other
1: LARPing mechanics? In some ways, um, I think that there's uh, more PVE in buffer LARPing than there is in theater LARPing. Um the difference okay. being Boffer LARPing is uh, more active. It's with, uh, we use uh, Nerf guns and latex oh. and foam uh, safety. You know, it's always contact safe weapons. I don't actually want to hurt my friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> while theater is generally uh, either cards or rock, paper, scissors to resolve any sort of, you know, physical interactions or anything. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, with Boffer LARPing, it's more often TV. um, most buffer LARPs are of a, a Renaissance setting um, mm-hmm. and it's often, you know, uh, I'm, I'm making broad generalizations here, but, uh, you know, it's often, you know, some sort of, you know, your kingdom is, is fighting against the outside goblins or mm-hmm. trolls or evil elves or, you know, whatever it is, um, while vampire and a lot of theater LARPs are more intrigue and uh, me versus you.
0: Right. More, more person and,
1: um, interaction driven stories. Yeah. Interesting. You definitely go to, you go to them for different things, or at least I go to them for different things. You know, um, I'll go to a theater LARP more looking for, uh, intrigue and, uh, you know, really like deep person to person interactions while buffer LARPing is generally more active and just getting out and, and doing a thing
2: Mm
0: mm-hmm so Mm, that's
1: interesting I didn't know
0: sort of the that's enough say in terms of covering kind of our basics ideas I didn't know that there's sort of like two different camps of of larping and that that there was that was part of the breakdown of mechanics so
1: yeah there's a there's a lot of different kind of subgroups Mm -hmm.
0: Mm mm-hmm well that makes sense I mean I know that there's lots of different stories that get told out there and lots of different larps going on so it makes sense that they sort of adapt and have their own ways and that the communities evolve out of the game that way too like you said with the way the being against a a environment that wants to have you you know dead is (laughs) definitely (laughs) going to change how you're interacting with the people you're playing with yeah uh, absolutely
2: so what would i be right in saying that the 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 really only big difference between larping and say tabletop role-playing games is the fact that you're doing like the live action? Yes. Okay. It's not an oversimplification?
1: No, no. It's a tabletop happens around a table and a LARP happens either, you know, in a, in a hall or on a campground or, you know, depends on, on what you, you know, what your location is. Uh, LARPing, you'll dress up in character. You know, you'll put together a whole costume for your character. um, And you're more there's less breaking of immersion. It's right. generally you're in character the whole time rather than jumping in and out, you know, for role play versus resolving conflicts and, and back and forth.
0: Interesting. I I'm I'm trying to sort of piece together sort of the different the different pieces I know about tabletop gaming and how they would intersect with Larping. So can you tell us a little bit about what the character creation process is like in a LARP and how that may or may not relate to a tabletop
1: game? It's it's very similar in a lot of ways. Um, The way you would probably generate a concept for your character for a tabletop would not be wildly uh, different. Then how you would generate uh, for a, a live-action game? You know, you come up with your concept, and then from there you would take. Uh, for for dystopia, it's your your nationality, which is your your race, your you know your the type of person you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there you can pick a profession. Um, under your profession and under your your nationality, you have skills that are available. Uh, those skills cost you know a a set amount of points and then some of them have set amounts of expenditures mind points that you have to spend some games you would have magic as well uh rising has uh, psionics which is probably the closest to magic that we have but you know it's the same character uh type class or profession and then skills that go with it Mm -hmm. Uh, the skills are single bought. Um, rather than, there's no levels to, to most skills. There's a few exceptions, but for the most part, it's all one.
2: That sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, in terms of, you know, other games that we've played. So how do you earn um, those
1: skill points, and how, how do you end up buying them? Uh, you have, we have a sliding scale, uh, which is not, not always the case. There are the games that have flat, uh, amounts. Mm-hmm. We have a sliding scale where your first one to five games you get a base of four, uh, six to ten you get two, and then 11 and on you get one. You can always buy two additional builds and there's a few ways that you can turn in assistance points, which are just uh, points you get for helping out the game, doing extra work donating items that we need, stuff like that, you can convert some of those into uh, a few extra build as well.
0: Huh? Well, that's interesting. So sort of contributing to the game and, and therefore to the community is part of what can help build your
1: character as well. Definitely, because you hmm. can convert assistance points not just for build but also for you know, uh, uh, some items, uh, mind refreshes, stuff like, you know, uh, teachers for things that you're having a hard time finding, teachers for, So you know, there's a, there's a whole list in the book of, of things mm-hmm. you can turn it in for. So the more you help out the world and, and the community and the game, the more it benefits you.
0: That's, that really is truly like a great metaphor for just life in general. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
0: seriously, if you took it a step further and you started thinking about like how you interact with the world, the more, you know, the more of that stuff you do in your real life you know, outside of game, the you know, the, the more you grow as a person. So it, it, it's a really nice sort of parallel between game and non-game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, one of the interesting things to me about LARPing is the um, the live-action costuming. It, do you enjoy that part of it?
1: I absolutely love it. I'll admit to not being the best at it, um, but I definitely, it's, it's costuming for dystopia, for the po- post-apocalypse has become so much fun. I love uh, both making pieces and just like trolling the internet looking for like great pieces and great methods of distressing stuff. That's cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well,
0: And, and, and to tell, I want to hear a little bit more about this because um, I, have a, I have a very good friend that is a LARPer and he plays in more of a medieval LARP and so I get, you know, kind of the Renaissance fair you know, mm-hmm. concept of costuming for that. But when I was looking at your site and I was looking at the information about Dystopia Rising and I'm like... How do you costume for a post-apocalyptic? Now I'm like flashing through my head as, you know, the Walking Dead and, you know, what the characters wear and things like that. So tell me a little bit about what what kinds of costumes and what goes into making a costume for Dystopia.
1: Um, Part of what I like about it so much is that you can start a really great costume uh, with ten dollars at Salvation Army.
0: Right. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I wondered too. I'm like, well, that'd be a lot easier to get to than a, you know, a handmade bodice with you know ruffles that you'd need for.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the the pan- I have the character that I play has been wearing uh, pretty much the same costume for the last year or so, and the pair of pants I have I wear um, are an old pair of EMT pants that I don't use anymore. Uh, the shirt I got at Target on clearance for I think ten dollars. Um, and the boots I wear were, uh, a friend was getting rid of them. And so I, 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 took them, uh, and, you know, kind of gave them new life for, for dystopia. Mm. Um, and so we have, we have some people who get amazingly creative. They do beautiful work, um, with just distressing, uh, holes and, uh, bleach, uh, things people do with duct tape and bleach are, are astonishing, <laughs> um, you know, distressing. I have, a, I have, a, I have a vest that I got at, uh, at Target at well, as well. Uh, that just fit in perfectly Uh, I have a few pieces that I spent a little bit more money on that I just happened to find at you know one boutique or another that I was really very fond of but um, I've seen people do amazing things with just just some time and yeah you know a pair of pants uh, Mm -hmm. that they they don't wear anymore
2: Um,
1: I actually think that's part of the accessibility of it is that you can come to to dystopia in like an old pair of jeans and a t-shirt and it's not going to be the greatest costume that you're going to see on site, but you can blend into the world and feel like you're a part of the game pretty much instantly without having to spend a lot of money.
0: Yeah, um, I imagine that helps to build community and, like, like I had said before, you know, to
1: open it up to more people to play. Yeah, it makes it much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, we have some people who make, uh, who make up armor. Um, they make armor out of uh, road signs, out of lacrosse armor with plastic plating attached to it like just the stuff you can find around your house uh Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of different we try to avoid anything with spikes or anything that has hard or sharp edges again we don't want anybody to hurt themselves on their costuming or or someone else's but um we have people who have you know shields quote unquote that are uh you know sewer lids or stop signs they're generally made out of foam or, or latex or some combination of, of that. But Yeah, anything it, distressed, the stuff you use to paint your house with is probably really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a spackle and <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> anything else that might fill holes or <laughs> yes. patch things in your around your house. <laughs> I
1: have definitely intentionally wiped my hands on those pants just yeah. just for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you have a question, Rhonda? I heard you.
1: Um no, I was actually um
2: horribly sidetracked by looking to the gallery on her website. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking about the, the that particular world has got just a huge breadth of opportunities for creativity. There's just a whole lot of directions that any character can go in.
1: Definitely. We have... We have some people who play uh, natural ones, which are kind of the people who, when everything fell apart, said, all right, civilization clearly doesn't work. We're going back to the woods Um, and have taken on like a very, very animal skins and, you know, reused kind of natural, you know, fibers and fabrics and whatnot all the way to... Purebloods who still, you know, kind of do the best they can to be as fancy as possible. Uh, one of our players, uh, her name's Erica. She she has a few just fantastic, just clearly used to be beautiful dresses that are just discolored from the bottom up in such amazing ways. And it just looks so great. Well, that sounds like fun.
0: Yeah, it does sound like fun. That's 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 making me very intrigued for your <laughs> your um your game and your concept because <clears throat> I'll ha I will admit to one of the reasons why I've never been particularly attracted to LARPing is because of the complexity of a lot of the costumes. I'm just not particular. I don't sew. I'm not interested in that. But the idea of taking like an old pair of pants I don't wear anymore and some old clothes and, you know, making them look like they're the only things I have to live in that, that yeah. appeals to me on some level. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. A, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I- can you point out, um, um any particular instance of say your best or your worst larp experience
1: um my best or my worst it's so hard it's been so long and there have been so many just amazing (laughs) times um i have to say i haven't had a lot of really bad experiences um i've played a few games at like conventions that just didn't just didn't keep me um either uh, nothing will turn me away from a game faster than a group who clearly isn't interested in me joining them Mm. Uh, yeah and so i've definitely run across that a few times but really not not a lot of times you know um there is a game that used to run at a couple of our, our local uh conventions that you had to sign up beforehand um and slots always filled immediately and I stumbled upon one. I just didn't. It was my first one. I didn't realize that it was like a slot sort of thing. I was really new to conventions. And so I just go, oh, this looks like it would be fun. Let's, Let's go try it out. And I walked in and was just very clearly told like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't sign up. You have to go. And I was so baffled by that, like, okay, I guess I'm going to go. I, like, oh, wow. um, I'll, yeah. I'll go, I guess I'll go do this over here instead. Um, hmm. And and I will tell you that I never tried to sign up for them afterwards because it was such a, like, it, it, was a, it was a situation which could have been handled instead with, hey, I'm really sorry, you know, we've only got this, you know, this many slots available and they all right. filled up beforehand. Uh, you know, we're going to be running at the next one. Make sure you sign up for it. We'd love to have you, you know, even if they were just yeah. saying that and didn't mean it. At least make me feel like you know, yeah, customer service, really, yeah, at the end yeah. of the day. You know?
0: I was just going to say the same thing. That's pretty much, you know, that you, you don't want to send people away from, from your game or from anything, you know. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to leave them with a the bad taste in their mouth. And, mm-hmm. and that's what and, happens when you do.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, it was a setting that I'm super fond of, that I've been a fan of for a long time. And I just won't ever even try to play that game now. And that's yeah. kind of a shame. You know? That is, but, yeah. No. Yeah. You know. And clearly, yeah. their their
0: loss. I'm. I will. I will put that out there for you. <laughs> yeah, <Thank> you. <laughs> their loss. <laughs> uh, um, and
1: but I have I to say have... that
2: we we frequently hear though with, among role players they have the least number of bad experiences.
0: Yeah, that's true. Really? They.
2: Yeah. I think. But I think it's because they're face to face.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, th- you I, have to
2: absolutely.
1: You know, the yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and even when they're not face to face and they are in like a, an MMO situation, role players seek out other role players. So they're looking for people with the same gaming experience or that want the same kind of gaming experience. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. I think that that is also a, a situation where because it's kind of a niche, you know, niche or a, a subculture unto itself, it naturally kind of like draws the same people who are interested in that
1: to it. Similar so. personalities and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And um, motivations for play, which is a big place of conflict we find, or we've found as we've interviewed and talked to people on the show. So fair. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So so with that, did you have a chance to take it like the take a look at the gamer types we have on the website?
1: I did. I did. Uh, I I took the the quiz uh, with uh, with my my newly found hobby of wow in mind. Oh nice, oh. nice, very nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so, based on WoW, I'm apparently a mastery player, um, <laughs> oh. which uh, I really just—I play a monk now, and I just want to go there and smash things. <laughs> 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 so that, that it made it made some sense, uh, though if I if i go i go to different games for different things
0: mm-hmm.
1: so for mmos i go to yeah to get cool uh, to get cool things and to smash monsters um, if i go to a a larp i'm generally looking for more roleplay heavy uh right. interactions yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah for wow for wow i am i am apparently a, a mastery uh, person. And so how I long, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's great that she, she thought to place one game in mind
0: yeah, exactly. while taking the
2: quiz. I don't know anybody that's done that before. And I, I love that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. That might be a suggestion we want to put up there. So, you know, think about yeah. One game when you're when you're doing this because I think that that's true that's something that we've had a lot of people say I, or I've said it myself you know I'm more self in this and I'm definitely more mastery when I'm playing these kinds of games so it it makes perfect sense.
1: I realized a few years ago that uh, that the the argument or the kind of quiet battle between different types of gamers was the silliest thing that i'd ever heard mm. um, because people go to games for different things and mm-hmm. i kind of i summed it up in the idea that we're all just we're all just playing pretend in right. one way or another and so the idea of of saying my my type of pretend is better than your type of pretend is just i i i don't even know what to say to that that's the <laughs> thing um, and i think that's that's kind of a part of it is you know i don't go to if I'm going to a tabletop game with the expectations of getting the same thing as I would in a buffer LARP, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. And that's not any, that's not the tabletop's fault. That's, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't go to Stop and Shop if I was it's a grocery store around here. I wouldn't go to the grocery store because I'm looking to buy furniture. Right. Um, yeah. So, well, unless like... you
0: live where I live and you have a Fred Meyer that actually has furniture in the grocery store. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> So. Okay, maybe that's not the best example. Sometimes then. you actually
0: do that, but I know, I know what you mean. And I know Stop and Shop from living in New York, so.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I only recently found out that Stop and Shop is not it's not in national. every town. Yet, no, so. no,
0: it's not a national chain. It was very confusing for me when I moved to New York, and I was like, where's Safeway? And they're
1: like, what's a Safeway? <laughs> I think I had the exact same conversation about Stop and Shop when yep. I moved down to Jersey. So. Yes, yes exactly. well we just want to close the
2: show out we always ask um our gamers how they would define a gamer
1: how do i define a gamer a gamer is someone who enjoys games i don't know that seems like that seems like kind of a silly answer you know norm uh, a few years ago i probably would have said that you know a a gamer is somebody who enjoys rpgs um but i've since you know rpg doesn't it doesn't encapsulate nearly enough of, of of what goes on but i think anybody who enjoys playing games that aren't sports um should mm. yeah. be a gamer
0: interesting yeah that is interesting that's an interesting qualification too i don't think we've actually heard that before but it makes sense yeah, yeah we designers. hear
2: we hear a different definition from every single person we talk to we learn something new and it's huh. always true but whatever you know it's cool yeah it's a, it's,
1: so many different perspectives yeah it's the
0: most confusing. It was the first question I asked when I did my dissertation research. It was the first, like out of the gate question that I asked everybody. And um, I, and we were start. We used to start the show with it too, which we have. We have evolved into asking it later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it is kind of an intimidating question sometimes. You know, how do you define this thing that you're? You know, people don't think about very often. So, um, but still, we have, you know, many many different definitions now. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, gaming has uh, has has blown up, you could say. Mm -hmm. It's it's gone from being a a quiet hobby that just some of us do to just being everywhere, which is the best. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Well, Ashley,
2: I can't tell you how happy we are to have you on the show and to be able to talk about LARPing. We don't get very many LARPers and and, and we love the opportunity to talk more in detail about role-playing because it is such an incredibly rich and generous community um if people want to find out about where and when your games are where can they go to Uh,
1: they can go to dystopiarising.com from there you can get to all of the branches whatever's local to you Um, and uh, they have their calendars up Uh, you can also find us everywhere on facebook there's a group for Dystopia Rising itself, and then also there's generally a group per page for every single branch, which also has their events up. Nice. And it's a year-round thing, right? Most of them run year-round. Uh, Texas stops in the middle uh, of the summer, uh, as does Florida, I believe. I believe they don't play in August. Um, Massachusetts doesn't play through the winter. They're on break right now, and they'll be back in March. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's, it's every month.
0: Oh, wow. So monthly, monthly yeah events
1: yeah uh, were you so inclined and had the uh, the resources you could play dystopia almost every single weekend wow <laughs> that's, a lot of zombies
0: that's a lot of zombies and that's uh, <laughs> uh for you guys and for your for your business and for your game that's quite an accomplishment to be able to say it's it's awesome yeah <laughs> i'm very impressed yeah well congratulations on that thank you
2: well we really appreciate ashley being on the show and telling so, us thank you for having and- me teaching us a lot more about larping and if you guys have got any questions or you want to check out the game uh don't hesitate to go to dystopia rising
1: absolutely thank you very much for having me you're My welcome pleasure. thank you and... mm.
2: You've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find all our social media contacts on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at @RowRoom. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy,
0: or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam. Thanks so much to Ashley for joining us on the show today. Such a fantastic conversation. Great information about Dystopia Rising. And uh, we're going to have her back on the show to talk about another game that she has going called Chronos, uh, which actually has a tabletop and a LARPing uh, mechanics together.
2: Yeah, if Ashley didn't make you kind of excited or energetic about LARPing. I mean just the story and the community that's involved, yep. that that's the kind of thing that that floats your boat. I mean it, it, they just sound so nice. They, they do, sound like Nice. yeah. Yeah and I love
0: that it's so community driven. That, that, that was one of the things that she said is they put really the community over the game and yeah. I think that that's that's a fantastic way to sort of uh, describe
2: LARPing. So make sure to check it out. And if you guys think that um, Regina sounds different this week, you're right. Her um her Yeti microphone died at the beginning of our show. Yes, yeah, so that's always fun. <laughs> she uh she had to resort to her gaming microphone, but if anybody out there has a Yeti microphone they'd like to send Regina, <laughs> she'd be more, more than glad because um, hers was less than a year old, and yeah. uh, it's kind of stinky to have to replace it already. But yeah. thanks for sticking with us, listeners. You're great.
0: Yes, we, we appreciate you guys. Technical difficulties and everything. Uh, game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher Streaming. Links for these are available on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, Game On! mm